0: Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm the Great Malenko. And I am Changes
1: and (laughs) Bubble.
0: Welcome to episode 209, WCW Monday Nitro.
1: There's no tagline
2: on
0: this one.
2: But cue that beautiful intro. The WCW (laughs) Nitro
0: intro is so good. It is, definitely. A fun one. Mm-hmm. So this is the 43rd episode of Nitro, produced by WCW. It would take place on July 8th, 1996, from the Disney MGM Studios in Orlando, Florida, with an attendance of 600 people and a TV rating of 3.5. Hmm.
1: Pretty good rating. You guys are rating over. slightly
0: up. Yeah. yeah. It's
2: like it's about to be appointment viewing television you guys remember appointment viewing television
0: i do mm-hmm.
2: it doesn't really exist anymore i mm, mean
0: no. sports
2: i mean it happens like i think that i think the last thing for a lot of people was game of thrones but i never watched it where people would be like oh i gotta watch it because the whole world watches it. i don't want it to get ruined I mean, so you gotta people watch are people own. are
0: kind of thinking the same thing for last of us right yeah now.
2: i've heard that too which i haven't watched because i was like i'd like to play the video game
1: See, so I've never, At some point. never played the game, never heard of the game, heard people talking all about the show, but I haven't watched it yet because I want to be able to just to watch it I'll probably all the way through. I'll probably just play the video game, and then maybe I'll watch the show. But...
0: There's enough differences between the two. that The yeah. show will still be enjoyable if you play the video game.
2: Yeah, that's what I figured. I mean, all the people that I know that have watched the show and liked it uh, also have played the video game. Uh, I'm just not a big video game guy in general. But, you know. Appointment
1: viewing, kind of miss it. I mean, I do, but at the same time, I didn't really view by appointment back then because I was one of those that had a TV tape in my VCR at oh, all times, yeah. so I had timers set for everything, well. so I could I watch it anytime I wanted to, and I always made sure that I extended the start time and the run over time just because you never know in the days of wrestling if yeah. it was going to start early or run Fifteen minutes over.
2: Yeah, I normally only ever taped things off of television, like while I was watching them to rewatch them. I never, I never got the figured out the timer thing or whatever. never tried really either?
1: But also at this time back then, they would have the replay of Nitro after Nitro was over. So oh, uh, you could just you could watch Raw and not have to worry about yeah. missing Nitro because it would play again at eleven
0: o'clock. Absolutely. We're in Orlando, Florida. We are. We, we are literally outside the ticket booths of what is now considered Hollywood Studios.
1: So I was trying to remember if that's what that was, because I knew MGM wasn't there, but I the only thing I could think of was Hollywood. I knew it wasn't Universal Studios.
0: Like literally, when I started watching, that, I was like, I was like, hey Heather, you should look, because we've been at this place many, many times.
1: <laughs> so I need to get back down there. I haven't been there since I was. 18. Need to check out Disney again. See the changes they've made over the last years. Lots of changes. Yeah. Yes. We are in Orlando. We are at Disney. At MGM. Now the home of Hollywood Studios. And we are coming off of the... uh, We're we're in the day after the wrestling world changed forever. Which... I'm not going to lie. I was really surprised that they only had a crowd of 600 people the day after this. You figure... You'd have a bigger they, crowd for a bigger That's what they reaction, set up. That's but... what they
0: set up. I mean, they probably would have had more people if they had set up more.
1: But aren't the aren't the
2: tickets like free? Isn't this just like mm-hmm. Disney just like, yeah, "Oh I mean, yeah, if you yeah. want to go to a wrestling show?"
1: And maybe that was their their thinking is everybody's going to show up and they're going to want a ticket. I don't know how many seats they had available, but still 600 after. Look like
0: 600 cuz yeah.
1: It didn't look like any seats were empty. Yeah. So yeah, we're we're coming off of the the day the wrestling world changed. The New World Order, the NWO, they are in full effect. They are officially a thing. They officially have a third man, but they don't yet have the theme music that we know and love. So I figured as a, an intro to the NWO, minus their theme music, we would bring a voodoo child of our own. This here cocktail is the voodoo child. It is dark rum. It called for creme de banana but I bought 99 bananas. Banana? Uh, So yes, dark rum, 99 bananas. Uh, It called for some guava nectar, but I grabbed a can of guava pear soda instead. Add some ice, mix it up, and then you drizzle uh, a couple teaspoons. This drink was good, guys. Yeah, (laughs) It hits hard on the first sip. Dribble a little bit of grenadine in there, and then because it was a little... So on the uh, alcohol. I also add a little bit of pineapple juice just to cut through some of that ninety-nine bananas.
0: Yeah, a it's... one. <laughs>
1: it's a it's a beach beach vibe. Yes, very beachy drink. Perfect for something in Florida.
0: I'm liking it more and more as it sits here. Yeah, that's that's yeah, what
1: drinks but... are supposed to do. They yeah. get better with each sip. I agree.
0: That's what they are supposed to do. Voodoo child. I'm
1: uh, I'm the happy papo here with this little baby
2: it's a solid, solid drink yeah when you know we're in florida it's yeah. like someone to get it in florida it's
1: a nitro it's not a full pay-per-view it is a two-hour episode though so
2: i had a question about that is this the first two-hour episode we've watched yes and how long did they switch to i mean just ballpark i don't need you to do the, the
0: first the scott hall appearance was on the first two hour okay
2: so a couple months ago okay yeah. cool and uh what about the disney studio of it all that also, pretty recent. Like what are you like the, the filming you know, outside? Filming outside, yeah. That I have no
0: clue. Okay. Like I, I thought like literally when I first read it, I didn't realize they were gonna be outside until I started watching the show. Yeah, I thought they yeah. were gonna be inside one of the studio buildings. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I was just curious because I've seen.
2: I was. I've seen nitros in that setting before, but I think that's just been like throw something on the background on the network back in the day. Like ah, oh, you know, whatever, just randomly click a nitro or whatever. And I was like, oh. But so I'm trying to
1: remember where did they do the, the big Hogan parade when he was first joining the company. Is that at Disney? It might have been at MGM. Or, yeah, I think it, maybe it was MGM.
0: So back then at this point it was actually still a working movie studio so like there wasn't a whole lot of rides actually in the park there were there were a few things but like it it was literally a working studio
2: like you can go see yeah a tree left over from wizard of oz just some mgm stuff yeah, the- just MGM things, you know. That's the <laughs> first MGM movie I could think of that's wildly famous.
0: So the same day as this Nitro, the international hit Wannabe by the Spice Girls Uh-oh. would Ooh. be released, becoming the biggest-selling single by an all-female group of all time.
2: At the time? Because, I mean, Destiny's Child had to do bigger nope, numbers. of all mm-hmm. time.
1: Damn. Yeah, Destiny's,
2: Destiny's Child, had so hit. much better.
1: Beyoncé got bigger than Destiny's Child.
2: That's true, but Destiny's Child is so much better than the Spice Girls.
0: Yeah. such a trap. I, mean, I'm just... I, I disagree. <laughs> the only, the only um,
2: uh, Spice Does Girl song... Does Destiny's
0: Child have a movie?
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> they do not. But Beyoncé's got a few.
0: Um the, uh, <laughs> she? Yeah.
1: Dream girls. Okay. She was in uh, Austin Powers 3. Cadillac Records. Cadillac Records, yep. The one where she played... It's like Hot take. I
0: don't really think... Beyonce. I mean, Fatal Attraction style movie She has movie a good voice, with, but I don't think she's that great.
1: I like some of her tunes, but... uh yeah, the, Idris Elba, and I can't remember the girl's name. Kelly Rowland. No. Michelle Williams. She was in that Freddy vs. Jason.
2: <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just naming Destiny's uh,
1: no, the members. The chick from Final Destination and Heroes and... Um, Ali Larder. Is that her name? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds right. She was in a Beyonce movie.
2: The only... Spice Girls song I like is uh, Too Much? No I'm Giving You Everything Oil of the Joy Can't be. That song fucking rules It's a good ass song It is a good song <laughs> I agree But I don't like the other ones I've heard My sister had the cassette tape I've seen the movie because she liked it I've
1: never watched the movie It's such a fun movie. It is very like. And they played the trailer. We basically had an entire trailer taken. Did you like Josie
0: and the Pussycats?
1: Never wanted to watch it.
2: It's very much like that.
0: Josie and the Pussycats is a great film. It's fun. It's a fun movie. It is a great film. I don't know if it's a great film, but it's a fun movie. Spice World isn't as good as Josie and the Pussycats. It's the same vibe. It's the same vibe.
2: It knows what it is. It's like not, you know, it's not trying to be something it isn't.
0: Shane cake. Shane would like Josie and the Pussycats I probably would I think you would do you like I mean it's
2: a little it's different but like everybody likes that thing you do oh yeah it's like, well yeah it's like make it, it a
0: little it. more you know kitschy
1: and self-aware I've got the soundtrack that I know all the words to for the, that
0: thing Josie and the Pussycats soundtrack is great
1: <laughs> all right, is it
2: all written by um, the dude from Fountains of Wayne yes Okay. all the music is yeah rest in peace dog so you know
1: Yeah, Spice Girls I was not a huge fan of just because of the fact of working at Blockbuster when Spice World came out. I got so sick of hearing about that movie and seeing clips of the movie and, yeah. I can understand i tell you what I want, what I really, really wanted was for that fucking trailer tape and that movie just to disappear completely.
0: (laughs) My (laughs) heart is breaking. I mean, I was
1: pleasantly surprised. Some of their other songs were catchy. Wannabe was not... One of the ones that I like.
2: It's catchy, but in my opinion, in a bad way. Whereas I'm Giving you Everything is a friggin' bop.
1: Like, let me look here. I gotta, because I don't, don't even know the that's name. Funny.
2: But I didn't do any of like the boy band or girl band stuff. My sister liked, uh, you know, had those CDs. So I know a lot of the songs.
0: So who was the hot one to you?
2: Posh Spice. Thank you. Posh Spice, Scary Spice. I never understood anybody that had a thing for Baby Spice. That's not. That's not for me at all. No. Personally, I mean, she's. Not, I'm not calling her ugly, but not top of the lineup at all.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think everyone like when they first hit, like Jerry was supposed to be the hot one. Yeah. And I kept. I was just like, no. Oh. Um,
2: Give me the one that looks like a real bitch. Like, <laughs> I was like posh and scarier kind of. The ones that do it for me. Yeah. So yeah absolutely. What?
0: Let's even sporty. Say, yeah. I even like sporty.
2: I did too. I'm a sucker for a snaggletooth.
1: Say you'll be there was catchy. To become one. was Say you'll catchy. be there is
2: okay. To become one's kind of
1: I gross. Oh,
0: I was catchy, sir. I mean,
1: yeah, it's all it's all pop songs. I only know the stuff I heard on the radio, so yeah. But I'm giving you everything you're missing out or whatever that That's song what I'm is. Saying. Is that what the song's called?
0: What
2: I'm giving you everything, or is that just the chorus? I think so. Or my, the song no, is no, called "Everything." You're really?
1: thinking of "Say You'll Be There."
2: Oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah.
1: I'm giving you everything this, I swear. Na, 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 then Say You'll Be There. Yeah. Say you'll be yeah. there. Cool.
0: Chorus is great. Since you guys don't want to talk about Spice Girls. I think we talk about the Spice
1: Girls a lot, man. Yeah, we talk more than I expected to.
2: They one know. album that popped off, a I movie yes, that did okay.
0: It, I'm not saying that they yeah. were like...
2: Yeah, God's yeah. Gift to fucking By 1999. As, many as many much <laughs> as people
1: wanted to compare them to the second coming of the Beatles. <laughs> no, no, no one ever said that. You didn't live in Nebraska. I mean, yeah, I'll
2: take I'll take uh,
1: <laughs> Backstreet Boys over
2: uh, Spice Girls.
0: But I think we can officially say that we're not wannabes. No. Because this is our four-year anniversary episode. Holy Ooh-wee. shit. Goddamn.
2: Way to go, guys. We've watched so much wrestling.
1: Yeah, yeah, you have.
0: I have
2: some friends that, you know, used to watch wrestling and shit, and every once in a while I'll be like, oh, there's, was there was this great match, there was that great match, and... Last week, I was like, I was like I just watched King of the Ring 96, where Stone Cold Steve Austin becomes fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin, where he cuts the 316 promo, and then I was like, and then the next show I watched was fucking Hulk Hogan doing the heel turn, and it was just, you know, fun conversation starter, because, you know, basically after those two events, one much bigger than the other at the moment, people start getting into wrestling. Mm -hmm. I got into wrestling later uh, because I moved to Oklahoma and my uh, older cousin was into it and then, you know, and he'd start telling me the stuff that had happened. So, like, I was watching DX, but Shawn Michaels was, like, out hurt. So, like, when he came back, I was like, I don't really even know who the fuck this is. But everybody was watching. Like, my buddy, like, you know, he started watching probably... A couple months after this happened. And followed it for years.
0: But we've done 209. Here's to 209 more. Today. Oh
2: my god. Voodoo. Uh, Mama juju. There's so many times where I'm like, damn. I don't want to watch wrestling tonight.
0: We might hit 2,000 by that point.
2: But I'll say this. Shit. I never, regr- I never re- regret uh, getting together and recording the show. Even though there's so many times where I'm like, I want to do... Anything right now. Yeah, you know what? But then like watch this wrestling show. But you know, I normally I normally enjoy them, good or bad. We've Very made few it songs. to more
1: episodes than any podcast I've listened to.
2: Really? Mm-hmm.
1: That's crazy. Because I mean, a lot of the ones I wa- are I listen to are well, sitcom rewatch ones, so uh, you know they've got twenty four episodes that they do maximum a year. Whereas we got full years worth. Yeah, I listen to Even including a best of to
2: way too many. Uh, I mean, I I get paid to listen to podcasts at work, basically, because you can just keep doing whatever you're doing. I don't got to think too hard. But if I named the ones I listen to, I might get kicked off the show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, they're not uh you know they're not that bad, but you know they're typically a little
1: subversive. Yeah, I listen to my my. My T V show rewatch ones, my wrestling rewatch ones, my reality show catch ups I have too many coworkers crime. that listen to Rogan, so Oh yeah. You're okay. Yeah. I don't do that.
2: Normally it's just like just comedy stuff. Where it's like, Oh yeah, they pushed a line but everybody knows that they didn't mean it. Yeah, I mean
1: mine are all T V based where you know the the one that's not really T V based is hosted by somebody who was famous for being on a reality show, so
0: so to say, where am I at on my <laughs> Power Rangers oh, wow. podcast? I'm on like four sixteen, so I think they're up to like four thirty or so. So
2: Yeah, I only listen to like one one and a half movie podcasts. One I kinda go in and out of, but they're hard to find a good one. There's really not very I would say like almost zero good movie podcasts. I've tried so hard.
0: But enough about us.
2: Celebrating ourselves. Yeah, I mean, you know, we are. Who knows who out there? Who, how many people are out there listening? Maybe it's two hundred and
0: nine. There's a few people that have listened. To show. <laughs> Let's talk some nitro. We get that very fun nitro opening, Love the it. fire down the streets and highlights on the buildings. And Tony Schiavone welcomes us to the show, joined by Larry Zabisco. Oh, and you know, what? for the first hour pop for Larry Zabisco. because
2: we don't watch a lot of nitros. I don't
0: know how long he's been around. Or- and out here doing it, but basically, once they went it. to the two hour thing, uh-huh. Tony and Larry are doing the first hour, Eric and Bobby do the second hour. Cool. At this point, and they discuss what happened the night before at Batch at the Beach. And then we go to our first match. Larry is also
2: disgusted, by the way. Oh, um, everyone is disgusted. I know. I'm just, you know, just want to make sure everybody
1: knew. Tony still can't let it, he can't even get anywhere near around it. It's just ruined. Disappointed. He's let down.
0: But we go to our first match. Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Dean Malenko for the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. I love the
2: 1,000 on Dean Malenko's butt.
0: So arm wrenches are shared between the two to begin until Rey hits a head scissors and a satellite arm drag to send Malenko to the floor. Followed by Mysterio faking a dive out to wow the fans. Back in Dean with a knee to the gut and he tries for a vertical suplex but Ray flips and goes for a springboard moonsault only to get caught which Mysterio wiggles free off of to shove Malenko into the corner. Ray follows in by leaping onto Dean's shoulders and goes for a sunset flip where Malenko stays up and punches down but Mysterio avoids and nails multiple springboard drop kicks for a two count. Ray then goes for a wheelbarrow Only for Dean to shove him off and go for a powerbomb, which is countered by Mysterio into an arm drag, but Malenko finally catches him with a -a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker and an overhead T-bone suplex as we head to commercial.
2: And we talked about how Dean Malenko had a good match with Disco Inferno, but now he's got somebody that can go. And, you know, we all popped for that tilt-a-whirl backbreaker. Absolutely.
0: We come back to see Dean still in control dropping Ray with a tiger driver for a near fall and applying a camel clutch. Malenko releases it and sends Mysterio to the ropes, where he tries for a knee to the gut, but Ray counters into a small package for a two count. Dean then follows up with a front suplex onto the ropes, causing Mysterio to fall out to the floor. Back in the ring, Dean begins to work his some of his 1,000 holds, only for Ray to make the ropes to escape. So Malenko then dumps Mysterio out to the floor, where he delivers a brain buster. And Dean rolls Ray back in for a body slam for a near fall. He goes for a pump handle slam, but Mysterio counters in mid-air into a body press for a two-count of his own. Ray then hurrican Malenko over the ropes to the floor, and he follows out with an moon moonsault, but only catches a piece of him and goes splat on the
2: concrete. Uh, he totally, uh, totally missed. I I, mean, I was like, Ray must have had the wind knocked out of him. Like, oof. Splat. Big splat.
0: Dean rolls in with Mysterio heading up top, leaping off with a hurricanrana for a near fall, before hitting a body slam and a split-legged moonsault for a two count. Ray heads to the turnbuckles again, but Malenko meets him there with a headbutt. Causing Mysterio to crotch himself and allow Dean to nail a super gutbuster For the pin! And no! Malenko picks him up.
1: I mean, Coolish. I love it. Is that one of the thousand moves,
0: Dean? Come on. Dean with a belly-to-belly suplex and makes the cover. But picks him up again. Malenko then goes for a tilt-a-whirl. Only for Ray to counter into a Hurakarana. For the pin! And the win. And And new.
2: It's nice. It's smart. Uh, You have this show after a big show. And uh, you give them a title change. Keep them them happy.
1: But these two guys that can just... Yeah. Wrestle and wrestle and wrestle and wrestle.
2: And it's so important that it's the Pep Boys Power Pin of the Week. (laughs) Spong- brought to you by Pep Boys.
0: We go to Mean Gene in the locker room with the Steiners and the Nasty Boys. And they're arguing over who's going to get a title shot. And whether if it's Nastyville or the Dog Pound. And Nobs has the best line of this. Let's hear it. When these two teams face each other, it's the 4th of July. Fireworks. That's sure.
2: right. Are you going to tell me they're going to kiss? Ew. These are the four guys I don't want to see kiss each other. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: We get a Blood Runs Cold promo. And each of us burns the fury of a warrior. Glacier coming to WCW. Let's
1: we've been. A name.
2: I feel like we've been seeing this tease for so long.
1: Blood Runs Cold.
2: I mean, there was. It's hard to tell, but it feels like. Like, four months ago, they were showing, like, the, you know, just the weird, like, CGI, the, you know, the turning mm. of the wheel and stuff like that, and they didn't say what it was, it would just say, coming soon. I mean, you remember
1: how long Veer Mahon was coming to Raw, right? <laughs> I heard about it. Definitely wasn't watching. Yeah, once upon a time, Emelina was making a return... Uh, For like six months. Yeah, it's just funny that it's like, it's fine, it's like, it's coming soon still, but at least he has a name now. I think all that time they were probably trying to find a a person to play the character, and you know, Mm -hmm. Shawn Michaels is champion, so can't make it him. (laughs) The, uh... Owen Hart's on commentary, so it's not gonna be him. I just love, uh, like, yeah, how obvious that it's
2: like, oh, well, it's just Sub-Zero.
0: The first promo we saw was on May 19th, and this is July 8th,
2: so oh, yeah. it's only been about a couple months. Damn you, ECW, for making me think so much more time happened <laughs> from all covering all your damn shows. Yes.
0: So we go to our second match, the Dungeon of Doom of Hugh Morris and Big Bubba Rogers with Jimmy Hart versus the Blue Bloods of Lord Steven Regal and Squire David Taylor with Earl Robert Eaton and Jive's. And Hugh and Taylor go back and forth until the squire hits a drop kick, but Morris comes right back with a clothesline before mocking the blue blood.
2: One set, one thing here.
1: Hmm.
2: Dave Taylor, his name is Stephen Regal, Earl Robert Eaton. Shouldn't it be Squire David Taylor?
1: I mean, you'd think so. Drove but... me nuts.
2: I don't know why it drove me nuts. It shouldn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh. But you know,
1: where does where does Squire fall in the whole title are as above far as giant, lords a, and above and, girls. and below Earl?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's just funny because it's like I want to call him Bob Eaton so bad.
0: <laughs> Regal and Bubba both tag in with Lord Steven taking him to a corner where the blue bloods double team with forearms to the chest and kicks to the back, followed by an elbow drop by Lord Steven for a two count. Rogers then catches Regal charging for a big bubba slam for a near fall as Taylor makes the save. Both team again make tags with the laughing man being taken down by several European uppercuts from the Squire. And all of a sudden, John Tenta runs out, pulling Rogers off the apron and brawling with him to the back, while the Blue Bloods hit a double-back suplex on Hugh for the pin and And the win. win.
2: And uh, listeners, if you happen to watch the show... Get a good look at Big Bubba's arm. First time I noticed it, but he has a tattoo of himself with like a little like village people biker uh, hat on in front of a fucking Confederate flag. Craziest tattoo ever. Fa- your own face.
1: That's a picture of my granddaddy in a,
2: in a biker hat. Crazy. <laughs> and I, yeah, he's got sleeves on most of the time. But I just never noticed it, and it blew my mind. Maybe the worst tattoo in wrestling. I
1: I seriously wonder if it was a a lost bet. Yeah. Or Bubba got so fucked up one night that let's go get tattoos, Mm -hmm. and somebody just picked it out
2: and like it's cool. I'm gonna do a biker gimmick next.
0: (laughs) We get a WCW magazine commercial, and in this month's issue, find out what torture Luger has in store. Get personally trained by the booty babe. Please and thank you. And a behind-the-scenes look at Nitro.
1: Mm -hmm. Might be uh, time to update that commercial as well, because Sting's looking a little different these days compared to what he was looking like in that.
2: Oh yeah, I know he's still got that. I love Bleach Blonde Sting Mm -hmm. so much.
0: We then get a WCW Saturday Night commercial. And the Dungeon of Doom will be in an eight-man tag. Randy Savage in action. Horseman. In a six-man tag, and in the main event, Harlem Heat faces Public Enemy. Sounds like Saturday
2: Night Show. Uh, I love that the the Terminator vibes. It's like we're making a robot. <laughs> it looks like uh, like PlayStation One video game menu. It's yep. great, great stuff.
0: We then go to our third batch: Eddie Guerrero versus Psychosis. I mean, they're
2: really giving it to us with the, the you know. This is
1: still Nitro, right? Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah.
2: It's fun. Like, the the pay-per-view last night, Lucha Vibes, and then uh, Big Boys, and then some, you know, Conan, some more Lucha Vibes. He's in there with Ric Flair,
0: but Conan's still going to Conan. Yeah. So as the match begins with Matt Wrestling, we go to split screen to hear Rey Mysterio's feelings on Hulk Hogan, saying that there was tons of confusion, and he was very disappointed before speaking to his Mexican friends... And finishing with that he betrayed us
1: What does he call it the double trouble bubble cam on the, yeah. the paper double game. trouble
0: bash of the beach bubble
1: That's at the beach bubble here we are
0: I love that he's
2: not talking about this like title match <laughs> they' like or I guess he just won the t- the match so it doesn't matter but he doesn't talk about like how he just won the belt or whatever it's like it's still about Hogan it's like no I just became champion. For the first time, like, this is my first singles belt on American television. This is a huge, monumental deal. But Hogan is omnipresent.
0: Eddie with an arm drag and goes for a tilt-whirl, only for Psychosis to flip out and hit a monkey flip of Guerrero, who lands on his feet to deliver another arm drag to send Psychosis Cajones first into the ropes, causing him to roll to the floor to regroup. Back in the ring, Eddie grabs a headlock but holds to Psychosis' hair whenever he's being shoved off until the luchador finally is able to just toss Guerrero through the ropes to the floor. We're getting Eddie chance. Psychosis then leaps off the top with a corkscrew moonsault onto Eddie before rolling back in to start working the arm with wrenches, hammer locks, and a cross armbreaker. Psychosis continues with a drop kick, knee drop, and he goes for a powerbomb but Guerrero reverses it into a hurricanrana for a two count. Psychosis goes up top again, only to fly down into an atomic drop from Eddie, followed by a charge into a corner. But Psychosis moves, sending Guerrero shoulder first into the ring post. Posted. Psychosis then delivers a super rana for a near fall. Heads up top once more, but only for Eddie to meet him there for a super electric chair drop. But psychosis reverses it into a sunset flip powerbomb, for a two count. Psychosis once more, goes to the top turnbuckle, only for Eddie to meet him once again for a superplex, followed by a frog splash, for the pin, in and the, the win.
1: win. Ah, that frog splash was just, pu- just beautiful. Pretty, yeah, it's gorgeous. Good,
2: it's good shit. We're we're in it now, dog. Like the, this feels like a. A new world. Oh, well, yes, it's definitely a new <laughs> world. But this this match feels like a shorter version of a like best of the super juniors match. You know how every best of the super junior match ends with everybody just taking turns going to the top. <laughs> like they know, yeah, they know where the bread is buttered.
0: So, Mean Jeans near the entrance with the giant, the Taskmaster, and Jimmy Hart. And Hogan's brought up, with Jimmy having no comment. But Sullivan says that Hulk took away from him what he had spent the last 18 months trying to do by destroying Hulkamania himself. Ah,
2: what a selfish son of a bitch.
0: And the Giant says that everything is going to be okay as long as he has the WCW world title. And I wonder how long that will be. Yep, true. Also, maybe the first time
2: Jimmy Hart didn't have anything to say. It's true. He's the motor mouth of the South.
0: Oh, and they also talk about Horseman and the and Benoit momentarily yeah, that's actually who they're feuding with.
2: A little bit, but you know
0: what the you know what
2: the deal is tonight. Ever we needed we need to know what everybody thinks about Hulk Hogan turning on Macho Man. It's like 9-11 Where the fuck is Ja? I need to
0: make sense of this. So we go to our fourth match the nasty boys of brian knobs and jerry sags versus the steiner brothers of rick and scott steiner to become the number one contender for the wcw world tag team championships and the nasty start going to town on scott with back elbows clobbering and a double shoulder block sags hits a knee lift but scott fires back with a double underhook slam followed by Nobbs running in, only to receive a Steiner line from Rick, sending the Nasties to the floor to regroup.
2: All the Steiners do their wonderful brotherly pose.
0: When the action returns to the ring, Brian hits a turnbuckle smash, followed by a clothesline from Jerry and a whip-aided splash from Knobs. Rick would catch Brian going for another clothesline to deliver a power slam, an elbow drop, and a Steiner line for a two count. And Scott would come in to nail a T-bone suplex on Knobs as we all of a sudden get a clock in the corner, counting us down to hour two of Nitro. Scott telegraphs a backdrop, so he gets yanked over by Brian, before Sags dumps him out to the floor, where Jerry hits him with a chair that he stole from a kid at ringside. Dastardly. And And the timer hits zero, and fireworks start going off in the background. While Eric Bischoff and Bobby the Brain Heenan take over on commentary.
2: Commentary swap in the middle of a match is very weird. It's a big ordeal.
0: I thought it was very weird as well. <laughs> yeah, it's I like, feel like you should probably just time your matches better.
2: Yeah, I almost feel like the fireworks, they're like, okay, well this is what time the fireworks go off already. So we're just going to time <laughs> it to that? I don't know. Maybe they needed like, a certain, certain amount of time on television to get their full paychecks. Who knows? It's very weird wait until the match is over is all i'm saying
1: maybe fireworks are only allowed after eight o'clock
0: so back inside the ring scott hits a big boot to a charging knobs followed by a spinning belly-to-belly suplex for a near fall as sags leaps in with an elbow drop to break up the pin which gives brian enough time to make a tag jerry comes in with another elbow drop and applies a bear hug momentarily only for scott to escape with an overhead suplex As we see Colonel Parker and Sister Sherry arguing about sex position or dastardly plots or something.
2: Something. Doesn't matter. Sherry's here. We're happy. Yes.
0: And we haven't seen Parker since Uncensored 96, episode 194. And Sherry since Fall Brawl 95, episode 165.
2: Rude. Damn.
0: And the duo make their way to ringside, where Sister Sherry distracts the ref while the Colonel Nails sags with his cane, allowing Scott to make the cover for the pin. And, and the win. win. Post-match, Eric apologizes for not being at Bash the Beach the previous evening, while Minji joins the nasties in the rink. And Jerry says that life is all about attitude, and theirs has always been nasty. The big man just sent a lightning bolt through my brain with his cane, And he said that change is inevitable. And Brian chimes in that they don't condone what Hogan did. It even shocked them. But they don't see anything wrong with it. And Knobs continues with that the NWO does whatever they want. Whenever they want. Just like the Nasty Boys. Hmm.
2: Mm Hmm. Could the Nasty Boys be the fourth and fifth man? Are they already England? Yeah, the, uh. But Steiners versus Heat sounds fun. Yeah. At the next pay per view, I assume.
0: So we go to our fifth match Jim Powers versus the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, with Miss Elizabeth, Deborah, and Woman for the WCW United States Heavyweight Championship.
2: Jim Powers, huh?
0: I wonder who's going to win this. We haven't seen Powers. Since Survivor Series 1988 Wow Episode Jeez. 22
2: That's one of those things where I was like Jim Powers, this, why does this sound familiar? And it's because 1988 was a
1: long time ago Yeah, it was, it was yeah, and, He was yeah. a young
2: stallion He was a young stallion With, 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 with all the Roma. Roma. Yeah, a Roma really enjoyed the stallions But they didn't last very long No,
1: they did not
0: so as the match gets going, Bischoff continues his apology for not being at Bash the Beach, saying that he got buried in some last-minute details.
1: Oh. Wow. Mm-hmm.
2: Sowing the seeds of doubt.
1: Sure. He was, he was muffling somebody's voice possibly.
0: <laughs> so the two men trade headlocks to start until Jim Backbody drops an H before going back to a headlock. The Nature Boy dumps Powers out to the floor, allowing Woman to rake the eyes. But Jim then re-enters the ring with a sunset flip, only for Flair to stay up and punch down, where Powers avoids and applies the headlock once more. Nate rakes the eyes to escape and starts up the chops, only to wake Jim up, who delivers some chops of his own. The Nature Boy then gets taken down with another back body drop and starts to beg off, only for Powers to hit a dropkick, sending Flair to the corner for a flip to the floor. Nate gets right up and argues with a fan, does a little dance with woman, and he's ready to get back in the ring where he thumbs the eye of Jim once more. The Nature Boy heads up top, only for Powers to press slam him off to the mat, followed by multiple clotheslines for a two count. Jim then misses a drop kick as Flair holds onto the ropes before going for the figure four, only for Powers to counter, into an inside cradle for a near fall.
2: There's been no leg work yet. Mm -hmm. And he already won for the figure four. He must not see Jim
0: Powers as a threat. Jim then misses a corner charge, allowing Nate to work the leg with a chop block and a rolling knee drop before locking on the figure four with leverage from Woman for the submission and the the win. win. Post-match... Mongo and Arne join the Nature Boy at the stage area for an interview with Ming And Oakland asks about the Hogan situation, with Anderson saying, The horsemen never pretended or claimed to be role models. But what Hulk did, but Hulk did, and that's why he's scum. Ma- Michael then mentions something about the apocalypse being here, and it's all about the four horsemen. And Flair just reminds us that the champ can go all
2: night. Woo! Oh, yeah. He's, uh, he's on a binge right now between last night and tonight. The boy found the good stuff, and he ain't stopped. I mean, uh, Holland Nash have arrived.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, he can party in the mid-card uh, ripped on blow, no problem.
0: And we go to commercial, but when we come back, Eric announces that there's still been no word on Luger's condition from what happened the previous night on pay-per-view. No word at all. Maybe he got
2: buried in details. He probably is buried in
0: details. (laughs) (laughs) So we go to our sixth match. Sergeant Craig Pittman with Teddy Long versus the Crippler, Chris Benoit. And Sarge immediately takes down Chris and then hits an overhead snap suplex before nailing a German suplex. The two start fighting over a waist lock, with Benoit chopping his way out and nailing several knees to the midsection before choking Pittman on the ropes.
1: Yeah, this match was misleading when it first started because they said, Chris Benoit faces the Pitbull, and all I could think of was, wait, Pitbull too? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, that would be crazy. Surprise of the night. Uh, and
2: there he was. Uh, I, I hope Sergeant Craig Pittman is doing well wherever he is, but... I would love for him to own a barbecue restaurant. (laughs) Sergeant Craig the Pit Boss. Pitmaster Pitman.
0: The Crippler continues with an eye rake and turnbuckle smashes, but has his whip reversed, sending Benoit to the corner, only to get his boots up on the charging Sarge. The Crippler fires out with a clothesline, only for Pitman to come back with a headbutt to the gut, sending Benoit. Out to the floor to regroup.
2: He must have took that note from one of the thousand holds of <laughs> Team of
0: Teddy gets in the Crippler's face and looks like he's about to get hit when Sarge grabs Benoit to toss him back into the ring. And the Crippler makes it to his feet and starts stomping away on Pittman as he rolls in before locking on the Crippler crossface. But Sarge never gives up. Instead, Long jumps in the ring telling the ref to call for the bell. For the Benoit victory. And this was actually the debut of the Crossface finisher.
2: Oh, ah, I was curious about that. Kind of, the you know, I guess pay-per-view debut. But the Stunner recently debuted. Crossface recently debuted. There's been a lot of uh recent notable debuts.
0: So we go to our seventh match. The Enforcer, Arn Anderson versus Sting. I mean, come on, who doesn't want to see this? And Bischoff says that he is getting word that there might be some guests on the premises and that there's not enough security to stop them. And Double A goes for the handshake with a stinger, but he just stares him down, followed by a feeling out process between the two until Arn tosses Sting to the floor. The enforcer follows out to try for a pile driver, only for the stinger to reverse into a back body drop as we go to commercial we get the Glacier Coming Soon promo again before returning to the ring where Sting is in control until he tries to leapfrog, but Anderson catches him and drives the Stinger down with a SPYING BUSTER!
2: And just, I don't know if we brought it up, but the thing they've been selling this whole show is that at the end of the show they're going to show pictures of what happened last night. And they're still vague about it with the exception of like that Hogan... Like yeah. turned, and they couldn't believe what he did. But it's, they're not like they're not
1: spelling it out. They're not because, saying exactly what it is. That's yeah. because at this time they had a replay the on day Tuesday after. Night.
2: Yeah, and they're they're they've uh, if they haven't sold it on this last commercial break, they're about to sell it on the next one Tuesday. You can pick between two times, like
0: five or eight or whatever.
1: Yep. That way, you, anybody who missed it can see the yep. history making. Like literally, if they
0: if they would have cut the price of pay per views into like half on the, six, on that on the Tuesday replay, replay oh, yeah. they would have made so much. Money. Probably would have ordered them like oh, yeah. all fucking day. The
2: uh, yeah, because you wouldn't have had the internet to fuck replay, your shit up, you up for you. you.
0: Yeah. So double A starts stomping away using chokes before locking on an ab stretch with leverage, until Sting hip tosses out and goes for a splash, only for Arn to get his knees up. Take
2: that. The face of WCW at this point, I guess.
0: The Enforcer goes to a knuckle lock for a pin, tries for a pump splash, but the Stinger catches him in a body scissors, only for Anderson to reverse it into a Boston Crab.
2: Love a good crab.
0: We then cut to a shot of a limo that has showed up near the area, while Double A continues the punishment until Sting catches him leaping off the second rope with a clothesline. And Stinger starts to fire up with chops as the Outsiders... Make their way to the ringside.
2: Remember how big limos were in the, like the Attitude era. I'm talking like just they, the
1: size it, of them, or no, just, just them. They just they were just they were, they were omnip- omnipresent.
2: Gotcha. That like a limo pulled up, blah blah blah. Like yeah, oh
1: yeah. Oh, no, themselves. So. There was yeah. many many a Raw or Nitro that began with a mysterious limo pulling up. Uh-huh.
0: Sting delivers a back body drop and heads up top for a flying clothesline for a two count. And the two men start trading strikes while security holds the Outsiders back. But then the Stinger and Arn stop fighting each other and dare Hall and Nash to get in the ring. I mean, they might,
2: be, they might be enemies. Arn might be a heel. Sting is a face. But they both ride for the WCW.
0: All of a sudden, Macho Man Randy Savage has ran down as well, jumping on the apron to challenge the Outsiders when the Enforcer would grab Sting from behind for a DDT, only for the Stinger to hold onto the ropes and apply the Scorpion Deathlock for the submission and, and the over. win.
2: And he's doing the submission on Arn while he's looking out at the Outsiders. Nice touch. Come get some, motherfucker. Yep. You Post- me. You're next.
0: Post-match, Macho starts going after the Outsiders while the Stinger is on the top rope, watching them back away. Mean Gene joins Sting in the ring where he says he should have known Hogan was the third man when he didn't want to travel with Lex Savage and himself. The Stinger continued with that Hulk was too busy making movies and coming in for little cameo appearances. He was too busy walking on the dark side. Sting should have known when Hogan called them little dogs waiting for a chance to wrestle the great Hulk Hogan. I made a mistake, but Hogan made the bigger mistake by trashing his commandments. It's a good thing that you told them to believe in themselves, because they sure as heck can't believe in you. And he keeps going by saying that Hogan told the kids to stick it. No, you stick it, Hulk. You stick it.
2: I mean, fans can stick it, brother. May best sting promo. Yes, best sting promo, and yeah, WCW's for WCW's for the children. But it's the best
0: sting promo
1: for the children. He's,
0: he's there. He knows how important this is. Ogrelin then asks Savage his thoughts, and he can't tell us what he wants to do to Hollywood Hogan. He's not talking on TV, <laughs> especially here at Disney. The happiest place on earth. plug. Yeah. But if you take the worst thing you can think of and multiply it by nine million, then multiply it by infinity and beyond.
2: Oh, he must have Good
0: seen Lord. Toy Story. It would be like one grain of sand in the Sahara Desert because it's really, really scary thinking of what he's going to do to Hulk.
1: Okay.
2: I mean, (laughs) it's warrior level. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's nonsense. But Hogan can not Hogan Macho can do nonsense Mm -hmm. better than anybody else.
0: We then go to commercial. But when we come back, Mean Gene is by the limo with the outsiders, as like literally the crowd is piling out, leaving. Yeah, the 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 area. And Nash puts over Hogan, saying he will be at Nitro next week. And Hall says this segment of Nitro is brought to you by the outsiders and Hulk Hogan before saying they did what they said they were going to do. We go to another commercial, but when we come back from it, Eric and Heenan show us the exciting still photos of that Bash at the Beach main event. Oh, yeah. So still. And our should com-
1: be warned you may want to cover your kids' eyes before these horrendous photos show up.
0: And our commentators discuss it all before Bischoff says his goodbyes as we fade to black.
2: Can I ask a quick question? Absolutely. Who's Mark
1: Furman? Who? He was on the OJ trial.
2: Oh, okay. There was a Mark Furman reference. I was like, who
0: the hell is
1: Mark Furman? Yeah, he was like a racist
0: detective, I believe. (laughs) Yeah. I believe you. Yeah, I think he was one of the detectives. So I ask you gentlemen, what are your overall thoughts of Monday Night Nitro?
2: That's a, that's, one way, that's a pretty great way to sell snake oil. Everyone's waiting for Hogan and waiting for these pictures, this confirmation, waiting for the outsiders. Show up in the last couple minutes and just to tell you that Hogan will be there next week. Yep. But it's okay to sell snake oil if you have solid television matches over the course of your two-hour television show. Yep. Which they did.
1: Yep, they kept the people's interest, starting off with a couple of hot matches, bringing some Steiner, Nasty, Sherry, Parker, whatever the hell they were doing there. I can't remember. Yeah, it's a solid follow-up to uh, the pay-per-view, and you know if they're really going to be pushing Hogan as this ultimate heel, then having him not show up the day after he dumped on everybody's hopes and dreams was perfect because a you just sold tickets or you basically just sold out your next show because everybody's going to want to see and hear what the hell he has to say and it shows that fuck you guys I'm not on your timetable this is my world now and I'll show up whenever the hell I want to
2: also gives you gives people a little bit of time if cuz like to see people happened. that haven't that weren't, like, still watching wrestling, find out Hulk Hogan turned, they're not going to find out but by Monday night to no. t- tune in for that. But they might find out, you know, within that eight days and tune in on the next week. So it gives you, you know, you're building, you're building a rating that way. Like I said, if you're going to sell s- snake oil, like, at least you did it under a good show and with good intentions. Yep. They gave you a new champion in ray Mysterio which is awesome. And uh you know ang- angles are angles are uh, are moving. They feel very present as a I mean, you know, there's the Tenta Rogers thing that we don't care about, but everything else uh I think we all kind of care about. Which is pretty rare to be like, "Oh, well, there's only one bad angle happening right now." Yep. Sometimes there's only one angle happening at all. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes it's bad. What
0: you Googling? So it looks like they actually did, like, the next four weeks all at Orlando. So it was all the... So they may have just recorded, or no, because it was live. No, they were all live. That's right. But they just were all in Orlando, probably with, you know, with four... 450 to 600 people basically. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, whoever
2: was whoever that whoever was like, "Oh, we'll do this for 2 hours." There's some funny crowd stuff where it's like there's little kids and then there's like a, in this show specifically there's just like some old people in the front like in wheelchairs and a guy in like a neck brace, but they're pretty into it. Oh yeah.
0: But then they literally go back on the road after the pay-per-view. So it was like they just it's like they almost just took a month off from traveling for Nitro.
2: I think they might have done it Amping just to those sales. Yeah, just to push push the uh, Hogan thing, and then burst out on the road to where they can like make money in bigger rooms. It's just, very true. Just
1: tease it up, tease yeah. it up, tease it up, I and then, then they are rolling a fall brawl soon after they get back on the road.
0: Yeah. So, like you guys have said, major storylines running through this entire episode. You know, the NWO storyline with everyone, their thoughts. You know, Dungeon of Doom, Horseman, there's something there. and yeah, te- Big Bubba is still a thing. Tease Hogan the
2: whole show, have Sting stare down the Outsiders while choking out on...
0: Yeah, setting up new tag team feud with Steiners and Harlem Heat. Got, us a, back. got us a new Cruiserweight champion.
2: And also anybody that, like, is coming back for Hogan... Definitely remembers Sherry. Okay. So, like, that's a thing for them to grab onto.
0: I mean, she may have been back for a while. We just haven't seen her. That's true.
2: That's very so. true.
0: Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? Yeah, <laughs> All right, fuck you. I think it's time we smart it up. So are some of the best moments of this show.
2: Cool that Ray won a belt. It feels like... I mean, it's his, the, the first belt he won. But it, it felt like it was kind of an afterthought on the show. I mean, the match was awesome.
1: So I was trying to remember if he had I won mean, a tag belt in ECW because that kept popping out in my head. I couldn't
0: remember if no, he had won one. He never won anything in ECW.
2: Yeah. Also, like an ECW singles belt, unless it's like the big one, almost doesn't feel like it means anything. Like I know <laughs> no, that's the, tel-
0: the television title. Yeah, I mean it has a great, it has a
2: good lineage. Good for lineage. Sure. But as far as like, not most people can't even access ECW at the time.
1: Yup. Granted, um, not everybody
2: has cable, but you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, those first two matches were a great way to to kick off the the, the new world
0: of wrestling. When you meant the two cruiserweight matches? Yes. Yeah. There was because there was a match in between the two cruiserweight matches. Was there? Okay. Yeah, but yeah. it involved Big
2: Bubba Rogers. But yeah, it was. Oh, Big that's Bubba right. So, was that one. So you kind of forgot about
1: it. Yeah. That one wasn't a real match. Malenko and, and Mysterio always great.
2: And Malenko's loss was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he like yeah he he lost in respectable fashion. Eddie and Psychosis were
0: great. Eddie's... Did you guys notice that the entire second hour was Horseman? Uh huh.
1: Yeah, the whole first hour. I mean, I, I keep saying the whole first hour because I forgot that match in between, and then yeah, I guess Nasties and Steiners were wrestling when the time change happened. But
2: the impressive, fast moving stuff that might bring in a new viewer was early on the show. Yep. And it was separated by a match for in a in a good way cuz like if you watch the first one you might be interested to see what happens and then by the third one you're like, "Oh, hell yeah." But also somebody might flip in the channels
1: and they see people like psychosis. You're hooking your kids Emily. in that first hour just because you've got fast action stuff happening, cool moves happening, a guy with a cool mask on, Guys, another like guy with a cool too. mask on but with hair Guy that looks like you know a hitman, and then Eddie Guerrero.
2: Yeah, the the, the <laughs> yeah the, the the cutest of the bunch. Like you just you just like who out of those four guys who do you want to get a beer with? You want to get a beer with Eddie Guerrero?
0: Like literally, there was a whole sequence when like Ray Ray does tries for the wheelbarrow, and then it gets they basically just start countering each other, and it's like mm-hmm. a power bomb, and then yeah. to an arm drag, and then into the Tilt a world backbreaker into a. And it was just like. I'm like. Literally. I'm just like. My mind's blown. Because yeah. it's just like. These two guys are moving at such a quick pace that I'm just like. Type. Type. Type.
2: Yeah. That's the in ring sequence of the night. Starting with that wheelbarrow. Because I. Yeah. I'm just like. After that, it was just like. A
1: fucking. A, a blur of like. Hell yes. It's like. Yeah, come yeah. on. Eddie's picture perfect frog splash. I mean. I don't. Pretty much every frog splash he does is picture perfect, but uh, That's there was his, something uh, very elbow. satisfying about his landing on the frog splash on this one.
2: They had a great angle, too. They were just on the right at the other side of the opposite turnbuckle. Yep.
0: I love the ending of our main event, because like Sting and Arn are facing off against each other, and then all of a sudden the Outsiders are there, and they're like... A bigger threat. It doesn't matter yeah. that we're opponents. The bigger threat is the Outsiders, so they turn, and... Arn still still decides to... Arn's still a horseman. He's still a horseman, so he tries to be sneaky and and win it that way. And then you get the Scorpion Deathlock, which you totally mentioned. Yeah. He's like, has it locked on, but he's sitting there staring at the Outsiders the entire time. Yeah, he's not
2: worried about Arn anymore. It's like, uh, Arn fucked up. He doesn't know how pumped I am right now on,
0: uh, with, yeah, with rage. And then, of course, I think we all agree, Sting's best promo. Mm -hmm. That he ever had it really is i like i felt it like i felt it deep down Nick. in the soul that i was just like yeah. yes yeah this is it. like he's not nothing he's saying here is like fabricated
2: no and also like he's always been a bit of a um, mush mouth with like nothing to say and he, he kind of like fakes some energy sometimes or he has used drugs to uh, fa- to maybe it's not fake energy but uh, he's not collected but here like It's like he understands how important this is and rises to the occasion, oh, yeah. which is great.
1: I mean, it was it was the perfect follow-up to the closing promo that Hogan had at the, the pay-per-view the night before.
2: It yeah. really is, yeah. It's, it's a shame it's... they couldn't have shown that at the beginning of the show. I mean, uh, just nah. just because you're ending it with that Sting one, it would have been a nice, a nice dichotomy. But, like, you know, I get it. They're trying to sell a replay. I mean, I watched Raw in like 98 and after a pay-per-view and they showed the stills and you're just like, ah, give me clips, give me clips. Come on. Yeah.
0: How about most disappointing?
1: I mean, for me, I yeah. the, the disappointing part for me was just the fact that there was only 600 people there. So you didn't get that full heel or full not crowd. even heel, just full crowd explosion of disappointment, excitement, everything reacting to the night before because I don't know how many people in that 600-person crowd actually saw the show the night before and weren't disappointed. No, I mean, just almost
0: cheered. zero, probably. The bigger, like, when they do, because, like, even now, when they do shows at Universal Studios, because, like, AEW records some of their AEW Dark and Elevation shows at Universal Studios. Like, I think that's where they're going to record their Ring of Honor stuff as well. Like they're gonna just do a, like a mass recording for like a month worth of shows or so. The people that come in for those shows, a bunch of them, there are fans that live down yeah. there that will come in for the show, they're but they tourists. will also but they will also paper the crowd with tourists. Yeah, and so how many of these people actually even no, knew not. what was going on?
2: We were lucky we got an Eddie chant. You know what I mean? That was audible because like how many of those people. Surprising that many people know who Eddie Guerrero is at this point. Yeah, yeah, I think that you know if you stay in a place like that, then you'll get, you know, I mean, I watched uh, NXT uh, when it was good and out of the Performance Center, mm-hmm. and you saw a lot of the same. You saw the same people all the time, mm-hmm. kind of the same way with ECW. It's like we these are the real fans, so like this is the best crowd you're gonna get, even though it's a small crowd. Like everybody. Is but they're everyone's there. Yeah, and there invested it's, yeah, every it's, week. But it's not the, th- the thing. Is is it's not at a theme park or whatever. Like so, you're not. It's it's just a different a different thing. Uh, but um, I think that, like I said, it t- it'll take time for those things to travel. So building it up before hitting the road is a, yeah is a thing. And it's like, well, Hogan's not here. When Hogan shows up, you want you want
0: more than six hundred people. How about best performer of the night? Is it Ray? I think it, once again it's a it's a Ray wrestling and it's a Sting for promo. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, give it to Ray. He got he got the belt and he uh, did it in uh, fine fashion.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, Ray wrestling Sting promo, but then also just Sting with his standing his ground at the end while still wrestling. Yeah. So, toss up.
2: Sting uh, with Hogan. Turning heel, Sting can finally be the baby face that he's supposed I mean, to be since literally 1988. On his shit he literally has. gets pushed to be <laughs> in
0: the top baby face in the company. Okay. Yep. And how about most surprising?
2: Jim Powers. Yeah, maybe Jim Powers. But yeah. I was also one of those things like, take a I break know for eight guy.
1: years and you come back and fight Ric Flair. That he
0: showed up or that he actually had a pretty good showing?
1: Both. Because, again, he I don't Reed, remember seeing Reed. him in, in what about, all those years anywhere.
2: What about Hogan not showing up? that wasn't that surprising only because it's fucking Hulk Hogan and it's surprising at first but as the show goes on and i start to do the yeah think it through in my head i'm like it makes no sense. like just you got to you got to milk it and make it matter which in, they did it before when he was a face but it means a lot more now because he was a face forever to diminishing returns over time
0: i got one more for you because I'm going to start asking this one on these TV shows. Okay. So normally we watch, if there's a title change, we'll watch the TV show. But also we'll watch if, because I use Cage Match, I'll admit it, that if their ranking is above a certain level. I put those shows on as well. This one was a Cage Match above a certain level. Do you think it's worth, is it worth the, worth the watch?
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. If, you, if you watched The Bash of the Beach 1996 you should watch the show afterwards because it like, yeah, because there's some good matches on here. There's a lot of the horsemen are all throughout the show and then sting doing some of the best work of his career. As far as character goes in such a like important time for him to be able to do that Uh, and doing it, Flawlessly, as far as I'm concerned, it's totally worth watching.
1: Yeah, they, this this specific episode plants lots of seeds for the future, as far as, or not necessarily just for the future, but it it's the planting the seeds of the future of Scott Steiner. It's the planting the seeds of the future of the horseman. It's the planting the seeds of the future of the Lucha or the Lucha wrestlers on the company. Eric Bischoff. Yeah, that's a
2: storyline that
0: was... It's there.
2: It's, it's there, but like you wouldn't necessarily know if you
1: were watching this yeah. at the time. Yeah. It's you- Sting showing his Norma Ray moment of I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. So, you know... This is how I really feel about Hogan. This is how I feel about the outsiders. I'm not going to let you interrupt what I do and interrupt my life. So I'm just going to slap on the sharpshooter and stare you down. And it means Absolutely. more than him
2: and Arm
1: like, fucking teamed up for a split second. Yeah, that, there's, like, uh, there's lots of. There's high drama. Stuff happening in here that you re- don't realize is happening until months down the line or a year or so down the line. Yep. So, yeah, it's very worth a watch.
2: Making their way to the ring
0: It's trivia time oh This week the category is The Numbers Game The
2: Numbers
0: Game Uh Uh oh So I'm going to give you five points For a correct answer Three points If we go to multiple choice That's going to be a name this sure. first one. Who had the best winning percentage with over five matches in 1993 and 1994? A few minutes later. Guess, multiple choice. Oh,
2: oh we can buzz it in? You can buzz in if you'd like. Uh, if you're good with multiple choice, I'll do the same. And I'll go to multiple choice. Okay.
0: <laughs> Your options.
2: Are all the things we're thinking.
0: Are Brian Pillman. Shockmaster, Jimmy Snooka, and Super Destroyer One.
1: Holy Jesus shit. Christ! <laughs> yeah, none of those are on my With list. With more than five matches. Over five matches. It's two names I'm looking at. Hmm. None of those were ones that were in my head.
2: <laughs> yeah, same. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna come in. I'm gonna go
0: Snooka. Jimmy Snooka. Is correct. There you go. I feel
2: like Pillman did a lot of uh, not winning all the time.
1: And so I was like, who else did we see? And like Shockmaster?
0: Bonus question for two points. And this is a number Price is Right Rules. What was Jimmy Snuka's winning percentage?
2: I'm just, I got a number. Okay, I do too.
0: Shane goes with 93, Michael goes with 75. Michael picks up another two points as the answer was 85.71%. Mm.
2: <laughs> well, I definitely needed the points. I'm sure Shane is very far ahead.
0: <laughs> and another bonus question. Okay. For one point each, oh, shit. name the rest of the top five in winning Jeez percentage. Christ. With over five matches in 93 and 94.
1: A few minutes later... All right. I have... Hawk, Yoko, Scotty, Flamingo, Hulk.
0: No points for Shane.
2: <laughs> uh, Hogan, Sting, Vader, Johnny B. Bad, Rick Rude.
0: One point for Michael. What was the point for Sting? Uh? As the rest of the top five was Rick and Scott Steiner. Oh, Sting, and Johnny Grunge and Rocco Rock. ECW. This was the most difficult question, I promise. Yeah, I'm sure. I
1: can't remember one one. one of them.
0: Next week, Heat Wave 1996. Headed back to Philly. Oh,
1: yay. It's been a little while, so I guess I can handle it. Anytime I hear Heat Wave, I'm
2: like, Heat Wave 98, right? But, um, yeah, every time I hear Heat Wave, I'm like, Heat Wave 98. I'm like, Heatwave 96, who knows what I'm going to get. So, you know. I'm trying to remember
1: Heatwave 98, which one was that? It's like the most, I feel like it's the most famous ECW pay-per-view. That doesn't help me any. Who who do we have there?
2: Uh, I don't even <laughs> remember. I just remember oh. it was one that I watched a lot a lot back in the day. It's probably got a bunch of Taboo, some fucking RBD. I think there's a Tanaka and um,
0: Mike Awesome match on there. Probably. Which is, eh, probably big, an Impact Players match. Yeah. Uh, Music from this week's show is Firestorm, and Sting won our main event, so we play his music, Man Called Sting, Man Called Sting. If you
1: ever forget what his nickname is, Michael Some Buffer, Bram. man Bram. Is in called title.
0: Sting. I know,
2: it's so much better without the vocals. <laughs> man Bram. Called Sting. Yeah.
0: If you like this episode or any of our other ones please go out there rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play or wherever you find your podcasts at. Do as Michael says. Five stars or no stars. Come on guys. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns. You
1: think we'd be successful on OnlyFans? Slide into our DMs on Twitter and let us know. I'm not doing that. Or, you know, send me some recipes or drink ideas or... not paid us enough money. <laughs> yeah, it's not like my mom could find it. Okay. we well, you use plenty of nicknames. She's never going <laughs> to. She doesn't know what the It depends, <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, look at him. He's got fans. Yeah, God, God willing, she doesn't know
0: what it is. <laughs> yeah, any of those things, you can email us at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at wrestlinghistox. That's wrestling, H-I-S-T-O-X. Okay. We'll talk to you next week. la la You stick it Hulk Hogan That's right